The following is an encore presentation of Sunny in Seattle. Sunny would like to wish you and your families the happiest of holidays. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes physician turned shamanic healer and coach, Sarah Bamford Seidelman. And the two of the ladies will be discussing her latest book, a joint creation from Sarah and her spirit animal, Alice the Elephant, entitled, How Good Are You Willing to Let It Get? So tune in for some inspiration and encouragement for creatives, healers, and helpers. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, California, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, you can find out more about me through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. And um, we've got one more week of book club with Glennon Doyle's uh, most recent release, Untamed. Um, if you would like to join us for book club, um, it is not too late and you don't have to have read the book. There's some really um, great vignettes and topics and themes explored in this book and the way that we usually share uh, and discuss um, is on a very, um, it's, it's approachable even if you haven't read the book. These are themes and topics that apply to um, most people, I think, particularly written for women, um, but definitely a lot to talk about there. If you want to join us, um, you can go to my website, goldenoversoul.com. Under the events page, you'll find the book club listed there. And we are meeting these days at 10 a.m. Pacific on Saturday mornings. Um, so, uh, Benny, how's everything uh, for you in Seattle right now? Oh, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're getting some national attention with some uh, things going on in the Capitol Hill area. Obviously, you've been seeing things about that. Messages being sent strongly around here. Um, I guess we're still just keeping our head up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, um, I can't remember if I even mentioned, I think I just did the lead in last week, and we didn't do a traditional first mm -hmm. Friday, which felt very appropriate to take the show in the direction we did and, and yeah. um, amplify some voices yeah. um, of people of color last week. Great um, job, by the way, if anyone wants to hit that up, hit up your podcast uh, platforms, because the full show uh, is there for because oh, we, we had to cut it a little short because yeah. of timing here. So if anyone else is listening, there is a great show that Sunny did last week, and we provided some really good, um, I guess, some uh, interviews from other uh, outlets, so to speak. And um, yeah. it's, in, it's an entirety there. So um, yeah. you should definitely check that out. Uh, not to step on your toes there. No, no, no. Thank you. I appreciate that, Benny. Um, Alessandra and I made that decision, and it felt mm -hmm. um, very um, – it just felt like the, the thing that was we felt called in our hearts to mm -hmm. do. Um, so, you know, I, I can't remember if I even mentioned it, but I was in Seattle last week. We, of course, have had our home on the market um, and we needed to get up to Seattle to take care of some business related to it as we're under contract. Um, and so being in Seattle was was um, 
very powerful. Yes. Um, I was able to, with a dear friend, participate in a peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very moving experience um, to be able to be out there um, and experience in Seattle um, exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and on that note, you know, Benny, I, I know Sarah is on the line here. Um, we've got, we are joined today by the wonderful Sarah Bamford Seidelman. She is a return guest. I think this will be her fourth time on the show, perhaps. Um, Sarah, I'll read your bio in a minute, but um, welcome to the show. And is this the fourth time you've been on? Thank you. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, it feels like home. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, Sarah and I were talking before the show and we're in this interesting place where mm -hmm. it doesn't feel right to to turn our attention away from what is happening um, in the world related to racial injustice and things, systems that are broken um, and many things that need healing and change and transformation. So to not acknowledge that that is continuing to happen because the news cycle continues to turn to new things, um, it didn't feel appropriate to just sweep that under the rug. Um, at the same time, as Sarah very rightly pointed out, I because we wanted to at least acknowledge that um, we we stand in solidarity with the black community and the communities of people of color and the indigenous communities. And we see the injustice. We understand the systemic and institutionalized issues that we are up against in all of us uh, fighting to make things right. Um, and, and in that, um, it is also important. I mean, Sarah, I actually, you said it so beautifully, um, while we are acknowledging what continues to happen, we also want to make space today to talk about, uh, this new book that you have that is particularly timely. Um, do you mind sharing what you shared as we were about to go on air about, you know, what your thoughts right now? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm kind of seeing this as this you know, absolutely, you know, potent time of transformation globally. I mean, it started with COVID and now, you know, I think as we were all sitting in, in that quietude, being sent home to think about things, you know, now we've been offered this opportunity in, in, in the tragedy of George Floyd's death, you know, to, to look at what's really been going on. And, and I think now is the time that we really need to lean into our spiritual practices because we have so much work to do and so much self-reflecting, which is uh, can be very unpleasant work. I think that's what we're seeing right now is, as people are, you know, uh, you know, it's playing out in social media. It's difficult for us as white people to uh, to maybe look deeply and see how this problem has, you know, that we're party at, party to it. You know, we are all complicit many ways. Um, so I think the spiritual work, which is what this book is all about, is sort of, a, it's a book of daily sort of meditations for you to help you sit with yourself and to strengthen you and to help you self-reflect and to help you connect with the family, you know, the capital F family that we are all related. <laughs> and yeah. until each one of us is free and uh, feels safe, you know, not one of us is free. And so I think um, yeah, I think somebody once said, I think it was just last week that we're entering kind of this white water and I almost picture white water. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's a rainbow water, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, a really wild, uh, polarizing time, but I kind of like to think of it as being like, we're all stepping into these canoes, you know, there are many, many, many canoes in this water. And to get through this, we're going to need to appreciate each other. We're going to need to be honest. We're going to need to admit our failures, our you know, to be transparent and authentic with each other if we're going to all be paddling together to get through this. And hopefully on the other side, you know, is a place where 
we all want to live, you know, where there is harmony, there is justice, there is just love, you know, for all human beings, all beings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So and stop being uh, afraid to make a mistake. I think that's something I think a lot of us, you know, maybe white people have stood back. Like I know I just volunteered to be on an NAACP committee, which I never would have done because I think in the past I was afraid of even putting my voice out there because I thought maybe I was part of the problem, you know, that people wouldn't yeah. want me there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so as we begin the show today, um, that we're holding all of these things. Um, we can, as Glennon says, we can do hard things. And I think we can also hold multiple things. So we can hold our our attention on something that is painful and hard to look at. And we can also hold the opportunity for healing and transformation through inspirational work and teachers. And for me, Sarah is one of those people. So we're going to spend a little bit of time with encouragement, wisdom, and inspiration this morning with Sarah's latest book, um, which is How Good Are You Willing to Let It Get? Um, I'll just read Sarah's bio here, just for those of you who don't know her. Um, I've known Sarah for quite some time now, um, and I feel very honored to have that friendship in my life. Um, she was a fourth-generation physician living in a nature-starved, hectic lifestyle until a walrus entered her life and changed everything. She is a shamanic healer who is a graduate of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies three-year program. She also continues to train under esteemed human teachers on the medicine path and with her own loving and compassionate spirits. Um, which we'll hear some more about who those spirits are and exactly the impact they've had on her life, um, particularly with this current book, which is a combination of wisdom from both Sarah and her spirit animal, Alice the Elephant. Um, Sarah also completed Martha Beck's coach training and master coach training and now serves as an instructor for Martha's company. Um, her other books include Swimming with Elephants, a beautiful memoir. I think Sarah was most recently on. No, no, no. That was I'm losing track of when you came on the show in the order of your book, Sarah, but Swimming with Elephants, the memoir of her journey from that fourth generation physician to shamanic healer. Um, also the book of beasties. Um, she's got a, uh, a, an app for your smartphone that is, um, you can use to find your own, uh, wisdom of the spirit animals. Um, and then I think, uh, your second book was born to freak. Um, Sarah deeply enjoys shenanigans and has led sold out retreats, combining surfing and shamanism in Hawaii and a sacred pachydermal pilgrimage to Thailand. She loves to help others find their own feel good so they can live courageously and enthusiastically. She lives in Northern Minnesota. The website to find out more about her work, her books, and all of the good stuff is follow your feel good, follow your feel Um, okay. So Sarah, let's dive in. Um, I actually, I just have to start with an acknowledgement that, you know, on social media, I think there are so many people out there really trying to curate this um, appearance of, uh, it's like a serious, like, I just think about the duck pout, you know, the Kardashians and every like image is just them looking seriously and sexily at the camera. And this is the, and they're always, the hair is done and the makeup is done and all the things. And there's not a lot of fun in there. And one of the, I, when I was diving back into social media um, several years ago after I deactivated all accounts following my divorce, um, one of my inspirational sources, and I don't think I've ever told you this, Sarah, was you. <laughs> because <Aww. laughs> if you follow Sarah on social media of any type, what you will find is not only a ton of, of encouragement and wisdom, I'm, uh, clearly she has a lot to offer, 
um, she's intelligent and she's wicked creative and funny, but she's irrepressibly fun. And what I noticed on your feed is like, you know, you're her face in a peony or dancing around a museum, or there's just this irrepressible joy that comes through in your social media. And I thought, Oh, I don't have to look like, you know, the cover of glamor magazine. Every single time I post, I can have fun. It's okay for me to have fun and to show it and to share who I really am on social media, which I still, you know, I'm still uncovering the onion with what I'm comfortable showing and everything. But Sarah, you were an inspiration on that front for me. Thank you. Yeah, I work at that. You know, um, I think it's like just trying to be as authentic as we can. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, I sat with this medicine woman in Peru, and she had given a bunch of us a bunch of healing and all this. You know, we were about to head home after this wonderful, you know, healing ceremony. And she said, you know, when you go back out in the world, because we were about to jump on a plane and go back home, she said, um, you know, it's, it's crazy out there. <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to sit up and I want you, you know, like sit up straight. Like she posture was a big part of it. And then she said, and I want you to smile and laugh. That's your job. You know, she didn't tell us like repair what's wrong or, you know, like try to clean up the environment, which, you know, but she was just like, show up and enjoy life because it, it never, it's never going to get easy. It's always going to be challenging. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting. So I kind of tried to live by that a little bit, you know, that, uh, that maxim, uh, yes. to be, to be myself as much as possible. Well, you are doing it beautifully and it is an inspiration for me and I'm sure many others out there. Um, yeah. And Sarah, before we go any further, um, I, I'm still having a little bit of trouble. Um, there's a little bit of muffled sound. And I think Benny mentioned we might be able to switch to earbuds. I don't want to, I know we're live yep, on yep. air, but I thought instead of waiting till our break, I'm just going to call it and <laughs> say, if you're able to do that. And Benny, um, I'm just jumping in. Was that what you had, were recommending? Yeah, that's fine. Whether you want to do now or we can, we can just jump off for a quick one. Yeah, well, no, no, it's okay. I think, I mean, I don't want to put Sarah in an <laughs> awkward spot, but Sarah, when you're back, just let us know, and Benny and I can keep the conversation mm -hmm. going till then. <laughs> okay, let me know how that sounds. Is that better? I think that so. is better. So I there think. we go. We've done it already. So okay, Wonderful. awesome. Wonderful. We'll stick with that. And for okay. our next trick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want people to miss anything of what you have to say. So I don't want to wait till 930 at the break. Sorry. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk a little bit, um, you know, as I mentioned, you've been on the show before, um, but I, I would love it if we could just do a quick synopsis of your background. You went from a, a practicing physician to uh, a shamanic healer and a master life coach. And um, that, that transformation was a, <laughs> was a, not an easy process, I'm sure. And I was hoping you could just share a little bit about that and how you came to work with Alice, particularly, who, who has been a big part of this latest book. Yeah. So in a nutshell, you know, I practiced medicine for 20 years. Uh, I started to feel disconnected at work. I was, my job was, a, I was a surgical pathologist. So I was a, sort of a professional disease hunter, you know, spent my days under a microscope looking for disease. And I started being curious about what makes people well. Um, and I decided to take a sabbatical, which turned out to be pretty radical because that summer uh, I stumbled into this ancient idea that 
animals, wild animals that crossed our path, you know, in our ordinary day, maybe even in our dream life in different ways, it, that those animals that showed up could have wisdom to share with us. And I remember thinking, well, that sounds insane. Like, I mean, I had that, that intellectual understanding that, you know, or that belief that humans were sort of the top of the consciousness pyramid. We were the smartest, you know, fastest, best, whatever. And, uh, and as I began to play with that, because I was so confused and so, um, you know, just not sure. I, I didn't. I didn't want to go back to work. I knew I was loving learning about transformation, and um, it turned out the animals really started to help me. It was just starting to notice just the animals that I would see on my walk every day outside. Uh, eventually, I got more curious, and I endeavored to go on what's called the shamanic journey. Which, for those of you who don't know, just this ancient practice of listening to a drum and when you when the drum beats at a particular drum beat it causes our brain to go into a theta brainwave state which is sort of like a, a deep meditation or a light trance and anyway there i i encountered this mother bear and she was so loving i i explained my problem i really don't know what to do I'm, i don't want to go back to work and i don't know what the heck i'm supposed to do but it doesn't seem like i'm supposed to keep doing this work Mm-hmm. And she was so loving and her message was very powerful. It was just, you know, that I didn't have that far to go, just enjoy the journey, which kind of sounds like a platitude right now, but I can tell you it just gave me a massive amount of relief. Yeah. And even though I wasn't sure if that was real, what had happened to me, I decided that I would just keep visiting because her because I, I just didn't know what else to do. And eventually she uh, let her, my relationship with her had led me to meet up with Alice, the elephant. And Alice showed up at a time when I was supposed to be going back to work. The sabbatical was over. And I decided to um, ask if I could work casually, meaning, you know, only work when I was needed at, at the office. And that took a lot of courage because I was pretty scared about money and a lot of other things. You know, as one, when people, when you go through a big career change like this, it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, and anyway, Alice just, basically took me on a little journey we she threw all my diplomas in the river and in the spirit world and she just said where you're going you don't need those girl I was like okay and she just continued to be this presence in my life just encouraging me and goading me forward like keep going keep going be yourself stop being afraid to show who you are you know and be creative and and so she's very salty she's very funny she's surprising so uh, this this book really started as a as a as a project. I started this 100 days project to just mm-hmm. the idea at the beginning was just to spend a little time with her every day and then to share a message that she wanted to share with the world. So I would share it through Instagram and Facebook. Hey, here's what Allison's message is for today with a little piece of art. And people really, you know, dug them. And, and one weekend I was giving a retreat, so I didn't leave one. I didn't have time to give a message from Alice. And somebody contacted me and was like, where's Alice's message? You know, I'm still waiting for it. And it's already noon. And I'm like, uh-oh. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so Alice was pretty excited about that. I was pretty excited about that. And eventually we turned it, decided to turn it from a 100-day project into this more fully fleshed out book where I added my reflections and we added some prayers and questions and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm really excited because it's the kind of book that I love, you know, to sit in the morning with some coffee before I do my stillness and prayer practices. I like to have a little something, a little nugget to read and uh, get me thinking um, or maybe get me into my heart is maybe a better way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way, 
that the book is set up, do you mind sharing a little bit about, because you've got uh, a message from Alice, then you've got your own uh, either story or some type of experience that you share there, a prompt, and then a prayer. Um, and can you yeah. tell listeners a little bit about what they can expect if they get the book? Yeah, let me read. I'll read January 1st. How about that? Um, that sounds perfect. I was going to ask you to read a few selections, either as an yeah. oracle or your favorites or whatever. And we could read today's, too, because I think it's kind of apropos for the journey we're all on right now. So let me read today or January 1st. I'll, I'll read first. So this is uh, the theme is knit peace. And this is Alice's message. If you want to be useful to this world, begin the day with knitting peace in your heart by spending quiet time with your creator. Meditate, pray. Over time, you'll create an afghan of calm to wrap around yourself and others who need it. This is the pinnacle of being useful. Through extended devotion, these serene masterpieces of the heart can bring holy coziness to a mob. And then my reflection, this is from me, I had lots of bag lady fears when I left my medical practice and I began working with Alice and other spirits. I asked my spirits how to find financial freedom. Their response was to teach me how to meditate. I tried it for a few days, but quickly lost interest. I returned to my spirits a month later with the same question. Patiently, they repeated their instruction. Suddenly, I felt embarrassed. I hadn't honored their message. I became willing to sit more regularly, and thousands of meditations later, I see why they made their recommendation. I found freedom there. And then the kind of self-reflective question is, are you willing to meditate today? When and how? And then the prayer is, dear God, please knit peace in my heart so I may be free. And boy, I think about, uh, you know, right now bringing holy coziness to a mob, you know, could be an important thing as we see, you know, so much chaos happening. And, and, um, and I think for me, one of the big themes through this book is, you know, finding that willingness to sit in stillness. <laughs> yeah. That's something I have, you know, wrestled with over the last decade and um, had some success, you know, in fighting it. But uh, I think we all just need that encouragement that, that sitting in stillness is is not nothing, you know, in this very productive, productive oriented world um, or goal oriented world. Sometimes sitting in stillness can seem like nothing. But what I've come to understand is that's probably one of the most powerful things we can do to be, quote unquote, productive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And that was one of the themes that I actually highlighted from the book was your relation to stillness and your meditative practice. Because um, I think when everything outside of us is chaotic and uncertain, that I've been looking for, I've been, I've been, um, I guess, sitting with the concept of feeling adrift. And then what are your, what is your mooring or what is your tethering when you choose to do so? And one of the only constants that I found would be my soul and its connection to something greater. Um, you call you use a lot of different terms in your in your book, which I love um, for folks like me who are a little bit wounded by the word God. <laughs> then right. also having universe and spirit and all of the other words in there. But um, yeah, and I think it it seems like your your practice of stillness. Um, and most recently, it sounds like a uh, several day or 10 day Vipassana, silent Vipassana retreat has been instrumental in your connection to Alice and to um, something greater. Yes, 
Oh, my goodness, that 10-day Vipassana. I wrote an article about that because it was so brutal. (laughs) And I actually didn't even do a 10-day. That's the traditional, right? But I got to do a Mm four-day because of a weird opportunity. And, oh, boy, did I identify. My number one go-to when I am feeling, like, you know, upset, distracted, it turns out is real estate. (laughs) Really? I mean, we all have our go-to obsessions, you know, it could be porn, could be like, you know, the stock market, I don't know, makeup products. But for me, it turns out Zillow.com is really where I want to go. But that's just, that's an aside anyway. (laughs) (laughs) One of your big discoveries in your Vipassana retreat. Yes. Yeah, well, that's yes, that's awesome. And the other thing that I'll comment on um, before we maybe do another reading selection, I noticed another theme that pops up uh, quite a bit. And you actually just mentioned it a moment ago about uh, dropping into your heart. The heart seems to um, knitting peace in your heart, the masterpieces of the heart, the handover heart, beginning the day in God's heart. Um, Mm. Why has the heart been so important for you uh, in your journey? Yeah. Well, the shamanic path, you know, this path of spirit in many of my experiences with spirits and healings that I've received from the spirits and teachings, I've often been shown my heart, you know, like I'll go into a ceremony with some sort of intention. I remember one, for example, was I was wondering how to build my altar, you know, like so that I could help more people with my work in groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that was my intention that night that I went into this. It was it happened to be a plant medicine ceremony. And that night I was shown that my entire heart was my altar. That was mm. it. And that, um, you know, just by keeping that clean, by sort of tidying that up, you know, physically altars are places that we have to tend. They're not like a once and done. You don't build your altar and then, you know, it, they can collect dust. They can get cobwebs in them. You know, you've got to polish all your objects and, and sometimes you need to remove things from them. Um, I've had healings where the spirits have filled my heart with flowers and, um, you know, it's just so incredibly beautiful that um, the heart has come to mean something it's so funny. We each have a heart, but sometimes you forget you have one. And so that's that I also received this teaching to put your hand on your heart to remember that you have one and to maybe converse with it. Like, hello, heart. Thank you. So, you know, like, thank you so much for being there for all these years, keeping me alive. You know, you're a mystery to me, but like, um, what is it that you want me to know? Or, or could you guide me on something, you know, because your heart is just this amazing, you know, it's this amazing, it's an altar. Yeah. 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 And that was one of my more recent discoveries in some of, um, in doing some research around early Christianity and some of the texts that were suppressed at the time that not everyone is familiar with because they were not included in the original canon. And they often talk about the heart as an organ of spiritual perception. It is literally a homing device between realms. And I always think of like the vision in my head is one half of it is sitting in the spirit world and the other half is here in the 3D physical world. And it's my anchor between the two. Um, And that is how I access the other realms, kind of like a little portal that I go through to get to the spirit realm or the, 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 um, the ethereal realms. So, um, I love so beautiful. Well, I didn't come up with that one. That was, that was one of Jesus's and Mary Magdalene's original teachings that not everybody knows about. I love that. (laughs) 
And like the yeah. Sufis, I mean, I think they, everything, I mean, much of what they do is built around the heart and love. And I mean, I think just all their, the, those Rumi and Hafiz, that poetry just never fails to reconnect me with that. Yeah, that love. And I think we, we need as much of that as we can get right now. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Heck so yeah. <laughs> since we're on air and I can't do any of the other swear words, that's as close as I'll get. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it actually is, is 9.30 here, so why don't we take our break? And I will encourage you, um, for those listening, um, to, if you want to, since we're talking about um, spirit animals um, and, and Sarah's connection with Alice the Elephant, among others, one of the best ways to connect with your spirit animal, discover who and what they are, is um, through a uh, little guided meditation that Sarah offers for free on her website. And so if you go to followyourfeelgood.com, followyourfeelgood.com, you can um, download that. Is that correct, Sarah? Sorry, I said that before I even checked with you. No, it is. When you go there, the main page, there's a big feature about the new book. So check, try go to one of the blog pages, and then you'll see the subscription at the top when you subscribe at one of those other pages, you will get the download or not the download. It's an access to a meditation. Yeah. And I've heard so yeah. many people discover their spirit animal through that. And so that makes me so happy. And it can be really, well, as I said, it changed my life completely. Yes. So if you want to do that on the break and uh, get that meditation so you can have it ready to go for winning your next free minute <laughs> so you can dive mm -hmm. in, um, you can do that while we're on the break. Um, I am Sunny Joy, your host of Sunny in Seattle. I am joined today by Sarah Bamford Seidelman. We are discussing her latest book, How Good Are You Willing to Let It Get? Um, we'll be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hey, Sunny and Seattle friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice. And we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is. Which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, Work With Me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. For many people, mosquitoes are just a nuisance. But for some young people in Des Moines, Iowa, they've also become a source of fascination. They think a lot about, well, what happens if this mosquito larva is in cold water, or if it's in really hot water, or what happens if this adult female mosquito can't find a shady spot to rest in. It's awesome what kinds of questions emerge. Lyric Bartholomew is an entomologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. In 2016, she began working with Catherine Bruna of Iowa State University to create a hands-on curriculum about mosquito biology and public health. They've used it in a summer camp and an after-school program. They even crafted lessons for use at home during the COVID-19 pandemic. The lessons sparked kids' curiosity 
and get them thinking about topics such as how global warming affects mosquitoes and the spread of diseases such as Zika and malaria. The next generation of kids that are coming up are going to be the ones that are forced to face climate change really head on. So she says by encouraging kids critical thinking skills, they're helping nurture tomorrow's scientists and problem solvers. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. This message is from the National Council on Aging. Adults over age 60 are at higher risk for the COVID-19 coronavirus because they may have weaker immune systems or chronic health conditions. The Centers for Disease Control recommends older adults avoid crowds and people who are sick. Wash your hands and disinfect surfaces often. Keep a two-week supply of food and medicine on hand. Learn more at ncoa.org. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. The following is an encore presentation of Sunny in Seattle. Sunny would like to wish you and your families the happiest of holidays. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. I am joined today by fourth-generation physician, turned shamanic healer, and author of many wonderful books, Sarah Bamford Seidelman. Um, her most recent book, How Good Are You Willing to Let It Get?, is what we're discussing here today. And um, I wanted to ask you, Sarah, um, before we maybe read another selection from the book, there is uh, you, your website or how I've always come to find your work is through the website, follow your feel good. And it, it, now I've noticed that you have actually kind of coined a new term, feel good, all one word. And I'm curious <laughs> how that came about and, and tell us a little bit more about that term, your feel good. Yeah. I know some people get confused. They're like, wow, you sound like, you know, am I a hedonist just lounging about at a pool, you know, and um, doing absolutely nothing. No, um, but it's more the feel good is sort of this connection, that stillness, you know, when you have that solid connection to your own self, your heart, your essential self, and you listen to that and you follow it and being in that space, of course, feels good. And when we follow that, like it may take us to places we never, ever could have imagined. Like if you had told me 20 years ago, someday you're going to be quitting your job and writing a book about a spirit animal helped you. I'd be like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, but it's also like the most beautiful. And so, so teaching people to connect with that feel good, that's really what my work is about so that they can keep returning to that space where they can get guidance, where they can know where they need to go or where they need to turn towards or what they need to turn away from. Um, and it's really about being in alignment and in integrity with your soul, you know? Yes. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 So let's, why don't we, um, if you're, if you're up for it, let's read, um, you had mentioned potentially reading today's date from the book. Yeah. And I, I have actually, this will be a surprise to me too, cause I'm, I have my copy, but I haven't flipped to that page. Okay. Perfect. So June 12th and the theme is go mythical. Mm. Um, and here's Alice's message. It will help you if you can fancy yourself as being aligned with a fictional hero you admire, preferably one with a sense of humor and panache, such as Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Engaging with such a character will help you go far in this so-called reality. And she puts quotation marks around reality on Earth. And then my reflection from Sarah, 
There are, no, there are so many things I want to do or create that seem impossible and beyond the reach of my capabilities. So when I think of Charlotte from E.B. White's Charlotte's Web or Moana or Snow White, I can more easily believe that the impossible is possible. It's funny that Alice mentioned Captain Jack Sparrow. Though he seemed intoxicated much of the time, he did avoid <laughs> fighting wherever possible, and he relied on wit and negotiation rather than force in all of his affairs. Mm. Who is one of, and this is a, kind of the question to get you reflecting yourself, who is one of your most adored fictional heroes? How did they accomplish what they did? And then the prayer is, dear God or dear universe, thank you for all the amazing heroes you've brought into my world to inspire me. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, that was, that does feel very timely. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Who's one of your, do you have a hero that pops into mind when you think of? Yeah. I think or... Joan of Arc is the first one that pops into mind for me, although it's not really a fictional character, but just that when you right. said that, that was the first one that came to mind. Um, let me think oh my gosh, else. she's so incredible. I mean, talk about somebody who did so many difficult, you know, did did the impossible, did difficult things. Yes. And another one that you mentioned that there was another one that came to mind, probably because your book is fresh on my mind, but Pollyanna. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. I Tell me why you mentioned her in the book. I mean, I can find it, but I would rather hear in your words how she factored yeah. into your journey. Well, I think that... Um, you know, Pollyanna in our culture has been turned into a negative, right? Like if you're told you're a Pollyanna, it's that you're being too optimistic or too positive, despite, you know, some maybe some realistic, you should be more realistic sort of thing. If you've ever, I highly recommend anybody who's ever been accused of being a Pollyanna, here's a healing movie for you. There's a PBS version of mm -hmm. Pollyanna. And I watched it about two years ago, and it was so incredible. I mean, in this movie, this young child is the one person who basically offers love to the crankiest, most curmudgeonly um, person in the village. And through that love and that extension of that, um, that care and concern for her, despite how cranky and how poorly this person behaved, uh -huh. um, Pollyanna just really healed her whole community because she showed, you know, about possibility. And I think, Right now, we, we need some of that Pollyanna because there's so much pain and there's so much, um, there's been so much trauma and there's so much grief. So we need um, people to show up with as much love in their heart as they can. And yeah, not to point fingers, but to maybe look inside ourselves to see where, where we've gone wrong, where we've, you know, to really look honestly at ourselves and see how we can really be of service to the world. Yeah, I think, and I just went to my, uh, to that section of the book, um, and that's called that particular day. That's actually June 19th. That's coming up. Uh, proud Ooh, Pollyanna. It. And yeah, you write that she was a very holy sort of helper, which I had highlighted. I thought that was a really beautiful turn of phrase, very holy sort of helper. Um, yeah. So I, I actually, I want to switch gears a little bit, Sarah. <laughs> I hope this yeah. is okay. Um, yeah, one of the, the themes also that showed up in the book, or at least something, not a theme necessarily, but something that you alluded to throughout the book was your a previous time in your life when you ate and drank to excess and not taking great care of your body. Um, and yeah. I just was curious what you've learned along the way 
through your relationship with food and alcohol and kind of where you are now? Yeah. Um, well, one thing, what I learned was through, so a few years ago, I was recognizing that I was eating, I had pretty much gotten rid of almost all alcohol in my life just because I realized it just wasn't making me feel good. I, I, I wouldn't have called myself an alcoholic, but I definitely abused alcohol from time to time. Mm-hmm. But food was the thing, like I noticed, wow, I'm eating a bowl of cereal at three in the afternoon and I am not hungry. And I watched myself do that even after I had said, I'm not going to do this. And then I would do it again. So as I began to try to come into integrity with myself around food, I realized I couldn't do it by myself as much as I tried. And how I was eventually able to, I guess, become come into sort of alignment with my own soul and feeding myself more um, in a good way was through the 12 steps. Mm. And, you know, one of those, step one is I am powerless. I'll just the briefly, for those of you who aren't super familiar with 12 steps, you know, step one is, I am powerless over whatever the issues. So this could be for anything. I am powerless over what's happening in the world today. You know, for me, it was food. And then step two, um, I came to believe that uh, a higher power could, could restore me to sanity. And step three is when you hand it all over, like from, in my case, the food to a higher mm-hmm. power, the creator, the universe, whatever. And when I did that, I experienced an ease and like, it was like a little miracle that happened to me. And now I, I work every day to, you know, I'm praying for that miracle to happen again for me each day. So it's not something that you sort of once and done like altar work. It's mm-hmm. not like you do the altar and then we'll walk away and we have done. We have a good altar now. <laughs> it's an ongoing every day sort of dusting and shining and polishing and meeting things up. Um, but yeah, that and, and then I began to apply that to everything I do. Like when I go on stage or something, well, I have no control whether, you know, people are going to like what I did or, you know, say or not. And I just started giving that all up and surrendering it to that greater intelligence. You know, um, I'm here, I'm doing my best work, but if, if you want this to go well, <laughs> you know, um, so it will be. And if, and if there's something else that's supposed to happen, then I'm open to that too. You know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to lean into it or to face it. Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the things that I noticed, particularly with this latest book. Um, and you even mentioned that a, a more recently added prayer in your vocabulary is "Thy will be done." Um, and you, there are a lot of the the, um, the the vignettes here that are related to asking for divine assistance, connecting to that assistance, letting the divine lead. And I'm just curious, you know, what what have you experienced since? just that simple prayer thy will be done yeah it's just a lot easier um you know it i guess i had experienced it before and i'll tell you like when i do shamanic healing work with people at first we get together and we talk about what the person's attention intention is for the healing and then i call all my loving and compassionate spirits and once i do that you know i'm just listening to them i'm completely surrendered and we do whatever they say and you know working with the client and everything and I've always found ease in that in that scenario, um, but I hadn't thought of like doing that in a sense for your whole life, like hmm. taking everything and putting it in the the, the spirit's hands, I guess, if you will. Um, and so, if anything, it's kind of a relaxed feeling. It's a feel good, like my belly relaxes because I'm just like, 
You know, I had like my dear friend, her son has cancer. I mean, you know, we all are encountering things. Maybe, you know, there's been a fires and looting in your neighborhood and it's terrifying, whatever it is. Like there's so many things we just cannot control. Yeah. And all we can, what I've come to the conclusion is for me, the best thing is to just ask, you know, I'm not in charge here. (laughs) Show me what to do. Or I think Oprah says, like, she has a beautiful prayer, which she does daily, which is just use me. Show me how you want me to be you, you know, show me what you want me to do and I will do it, you know. Um, Yeah. And it's such a relief because I think myself, what I get into trouble is (laughs) what I realized when I started working my steps is I realized one of my greatest sort of defects is like wanting to play God, like, (laughs) you know, in any scenario, like I want my child to be successful and happy. Well, that's really not up to me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or I want my, um, you know, everybody to really love my book and give it high regards. You know, it's like, well, they might not, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. And how do I live life? It's just like, um, I think other people call it living life on life's terms. You know, and it's mm. a lot more peaceful way to live and um, to be open to the fact that I could be wrong. And I think that kind of attitude right now is really what we all need to come to this table as a family, capital F, and and to be able to, yeah, be with each other and see that we're all the same at, you know, at that level of the soul there's just been a lot of terrible misunderstandings and abuse and uh, now, yeah. So we all need all the help we can get. Um, And again, uh, I know like using the word God and stuff can be kind of a turnoff. So I did try to sort of use lots of different terms because 10 years ago, I can tell you that I certainly was not a, I was, I would say I was agnostic. And in fact, the title of the book, how good are you willing to let it get? I don't know if we have, quick time for a really quick story about that of course oh of course please so when I was on my sabbatical for medicine as I was saying like my biggest fear was about money because you know my income was helping to pay our mortgage and we had four kids to put through college and all that kind of stuff so it was like okay I'm supposed to follow my feel good I get it but like how can I do that and like keep stay afloat financially and so at that time I decided to put a, I wouldn't even call it a prayer at the time. I just was like, dear universe. Like I wrote a little letter. If I'm meant to, you know, continue pursuing this shamanic path and this great mystery that's kind of unfolding, instead of going back to my office and getting back into my microscope work, please show me how. And about Mm -hmm. two weeks after that, my husband got a raise almost to the dollar amount that I was receiving as a, as a salary, a part-time salary. It was like for productivity, like something totally unexpected. Huh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this works. Like, just ask the universe, you know? And it was so incredible. And then within about two weeks after that, I had already kind of come to the conclusion, you know, maybe that wasn't the sign. Maybe <laughs> I'm still supposed to go back to work. You know, maybe that was just wishful thinking. <laughs> like, literally, I watched myself do this. And at the time, I was reading Gay Hendricks' lovely book, The Big Leak. Which, oh, one of my kind top of favorites. Beautiful concept. Yeah, one of my favorite books about this idea that we impose these glass ceilings on ourselves. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what's happening to me now. So with Alice's help, I formulated this question that was instead, you know, like, how good, Sarah, are you willing to let it get? How much, you know, abundance, how much love, how much connection, 
how much creativity, like whatever it is, and for whoever's listening, you know, whatever it is you're longing for, like how much would you allow yourself to receive? And um, so that's, that's kind of the salty question. And it's so funny because now that question has become sort of famous among my clients and my friends. And now when I'll be musing darkly about something terrible, you know, somebody will say, Sarah, how good are you willing to let it get? And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's right. So it's a wonderful question to ask your, your loves, your friends, your kids, you know, uh, just, yeah, how, how good are you willing to let it get? Because I think we, I find I am my number one enemy, you know. <laughs> yes. I, I think we're soaking and stewing in this marvelous, you know, love. It's there. It's just we have to let it kind of flow and we cut it off and, or I cut it off in so many ways. <laughs> Yeah. And it reminds me, uh, you know, we know that our brain is this wonderful machine that loves to collect evidence and solve problems, but we got to be the one to give it the questions we wanted to ask and the evidence we wanted to find. Namely, I think so often, especially right now, we could look out in the world and say, oh my gosh, how bad is this going to get? And then your brain's going to go, oh, let me just show you. Here's a new story. Here's a new story. And you instead have given us this beautiful question that allows the brain to go in search of the miraculous and the magic and the synchronistic. How good are you willing to let it get? Like, it just feels that is so, even when I just say the question, my being, my body expands, like I can feel that. So it's, I, it's really quite brilliant, Sarah. <laughs> and I think now more than ever, like we need to remind ourselves that we are beautiful, that the world is beautiful. Yes, there there are problems, but to remind ourselves, like, miracles are possible if together we all, you know, lean into and just simply respond to whatever we're being guided to do by I, by our inner guidance system, you know, right? which could be anything, you know, maybe it's sewing masks, maybe it's going to a protest, maybe it's writing letters, like nothing, it's like whatever you, whatever feels good to you, go do that because together we will make a difference. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think there's no other reason to sign up to come to this planet than to see transformation and awakening and see if we as a species um, can right our wrongs, heal the wounds and do the big things um, in this in this grand experiment on Earth. And I think your book, this particular book that you've written uh, with Alice, of course, sorry, Alice, <laughs> this is very much Alice, too. Um, how good are you willing to let it get? to connect fully with your soul, with your spirit, to connect and know the work that is yours to do or the stillness that is yours to be or whatever it is that is yours in this lifetime, your unique mission. I think this book does such a beautiful job of providing these little nuggets to help you stay connected to that because it can be kind of overwhelming right now to know what to do or be. Um, yeah, so um, Sarah, I guess... I, there, I have so many other questions. Uh, is there anything before I go back to my outline? Is there anything we haven't touched on? Cause I know we've got, you know, like four minutes left in the show. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you feel really called to share? You know, I think, um, well, I'll share another little story about the book. So, you know, when it came out of just last week, I got a call two days after it came out. Somebody mess or somebody messaged me and just said, Hey, guess what? I don't have a June 4th in my book. So one of the days was missing. I was like, oh, I'm sure I had a really busy day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a new copy. Well, then I went to look at my book and I'm like, oh, sure enough, June 4th was missing. Oh. And um, 
it was just suddenly we realized we had made an error. And eventually I got some time to go look back and find the, the original manuscript. And sure enough, June 4th was there. It just somehow escaped all of us when it got transferred into the design. And we're in the process of fixing it all up. <laughs> and if you needed a repair page, just go to follow your feel good. It's there. Um, but what was so funny is that the, uh, the page, the message was from Alice was all about accepting yourself and all your imperfections and mistakes. <laughs> and I think right now, like, there's no way, like, just admitting we're not perfect. That's God's job to be perfect. We're here to be human. And to be human means we have a shadow, we screw up, we do bad things, we hurt people's feelings, um, all kinds of things. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but in general, like, we're not here to be perfect or saintly. Right. You know, we're here to do is, and so I think I just want to say with everything that's going on, to not be afraid to make a mistake. Um, because I think by not speaking what's on our hearts and being afraid that we're going to say it wrong um, or say, you know, or say something that makes us look bad, you know, just be open to realizing you're going to make mistakes. We're going to screw up. That's how it is. Like to make anything great, there are so many ways we screw up before we get to the greatness. Right. And it's, yeah. So I think that, that, that lesson for me, and then I went to visit Alice and she was like in the spirit world and she was like rolling on her back laughing. And I'm like, Alice. And she's like, this page is the most important in the book. I didn't want anybody to miss that. And oh. so we've repaired the book now, but, and there is a printable that you can tape into your book, which I think is a wonderful reminder that, you know, it is our imperfection. It is not our it's not our greatness that it's not our perfection that, that makes us amazing. It is our willingness to, to, to risk our imperfection and take action anyway, inspired action anyway. I mean, I don't believe in accidents. I think everything is a part of the divine order tapestry, um, whether or not from a human perspective, it, it is a, you know, quote good or, um, makes sense to us. And I think obviously that this story that you've just shared would not have happened. The attention to that particular, apparently most important page <laughs> would not have been so, you know, spotlighted had it not been for that. Um, I think quite serendipitous. I, I, you call it an error, but I don't think that was an error. Do you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you shared that, Sarah, and that does bring us to the end of the show. Um, I just, for those listening, I have been talking today with physician-turned-shamanic healer and life coach and author, writer, Sarah Bamford Seidelman. Um, the website to find out more is followyourfeelgood.com. That's followyourfeelgood.com. The latest book is How Good Are You Willing to Get It? How Good Are You Willing to Let It Get? Um, and it is really a perfect daily um, practice or little nuggets of wisdom and inspiration and prompts that can help guide not only your own spiritual practice, but your life. Um, Sarah, thanks so much for coming back to sunny in Seattle. It is always such a joy. And I mean that like the feeling is palpable. It is such a joy to talk to you. Thank you, Sunny. It's been a joy. Thank you, Benny, too. Grateful. Absolutely. Yes. And just uh, if you go to follow your feel good as well, I, d I wanted to make sure we mentioned Sarah has several other fabulous books as well as a card deck 
how good are you willing to let it get that you can use as well as an app for your smartphone or tablet that you can um, find out your spirit animal. So thank you everyone for joining us here today. Thanks again, Sarah, for being here. Thanks, Benny, for running the board and being the producer extraordinaire. And uh, this is Sunny in Seattle, uh, Sunny Joy signing off.